to the Pet Business Coach Podcast, where I help you make your pet business dreams a reality. I'm your pet business coach, Eliza. Do you have a goal in 2021 to finally start that pet business you've been thinking about for what seems like years? You're ready to kick things off, but what exactly does that mean? What's your first step, second step, and so on to actually launch a pet care business? In this episode, I'm going to cover the first three steps to starting any pet care business to get you off and running down the road to what you've dreamed about. I think it's going to be an amazing show, so give the dog a bone and the kitty some catnip and let's dive right in. In an earlier episode, we talked about the three questions to ask yourself before taking your first steps towards starting a pet-related business. The first question was, what's your why? This was aimed at making sure you were starting a business for the right reasons. The second was, what's your financial goal? This question was aimed at narrowing down what shape you needed your business to take. The third was, what's your risk tolerance? This one was all about how far and how fast your business would go. If you've pondered these questions and you've decided to move forward, congratulations. You are ready to kick things off, but what exactly does that mean? What's your first step, second step, and so on to actually launch your business? In this episode, I'm going to cover the first three steps to starting any pet care business. But before we get into that, though, let's talk about how to approach these steps or any large task for a minute. Starting any business is no small feat. There are many, many steps involved, and it can get overwhelming and lead to procrastination. And let's talk about procrastination for a minute. Procrastination isn't due to laziness or lack of self-control. It's really due to avoiding negative feelings. It's all about being uncomfortable with starting big tasks that you don't know how to do or maybe don't like doing or that involve a lot of uncertainty. I remember when I was starting my business and I needed to pick a business entity It seems like a simple question, and it was thousands of questions ago in terms of my business, but at the time, it wasn't a simple question. There were so many choices, and I was paralyzed because I didn't want to make the wrong one and have to pay for it later in my business. I did eventually pick a business entity to start my business, but it took a long time, and I was avoiding unpleasantness, quite honestly, and procrastinating because of it. I'm going to give you, before we go on and we start talking about all the things you need to do, a simple solution to approach these things that seem huge and seem intimidating and that you might be procrastinating on. The solution to getting around this is shrinking the tasks down to an unintimidating first small step and a second small step. To do this, I use a tool called the Pomodoro Method. The Pomodoro Method was invented in the 1980s by a university student named Francesco Cirillo. Now, Francesco was a very intelligent person, but he wasn't a terribly creative person. So he named the method after the timer, kitchen timer, that he used uh, as part of this method. And his timer happened to be in in the shape of a tomato, which is uh, in Italian Pomodoro. The Pomodoro Method is a time management system where you break your workday into 25-minute chunks separated by 5-minute breaks. These intervals are referred to as Pomodoros. 
So the way this works is you work on one specific task for 25 minutes and then you get up and you take a five minute break. Doesn't matter what you do for your break, but get up, move around, get that blood flowing. And then you come back and you complete another 25 minute task. These 25 minute blocks are known as Pomodoros. Once you complete four Pomodoros, you can take a longer break of 15 to 20 minutes. This does several things. It allows you to keep focus on one thing and you don't get overwhelmed at the enormity of your task. The timer instills a sense of urgency and the breaks allow you to refocus on the next task once you're done with the previous. I find this method greatly helps me approach either large tasks or tasks that I'm honestly not quite sure how to manage or do all at one time. I adopted this method some time ago and I really, really like it. I work from home, uh, as many of you might as well, and I found, I was finding that it was just so easy for me to pop downstairs and change that load of laundry. That's a three-minute task, but it was often becoming an hour or more because I wandered around doing other tasks that needed done and never did come back to what I was working on in the first place. This method, quite honestly, allowed me to approach tasks that seemed unattainable in my mind and so big that I just didn't know how to wrap my head around them. Once I broke them down into smaller steps and put some discipline around it with my kitchen timer, it made it a lot easier for me to get things done. So now that you have a method for attacking the initial actions, let's talk about your first three steps. There is much to do, so strap in and let's get started. The first step is to create a business plan. Now, not everyone is a proponent of business plans, particularly if you aren't having to provide one to your bank to secure financing for your business. I, however, think they're a great idea. They help organize your thoughts and force you to think through all aspects of a business. This includes thinking about the ones that aren't as exciting or interesting to you, such as administrative tasks or financing needs of the business. There are literally hundreds of different business plan templates out there, but all have some common characteristics. It should have a section on how you plan to finance the business, along with financial projections. It should also include a description of your ideal target customer and a market or competitive analysis, and we're going to talk more on that in a minute. And finally, it should include a section on how the business will operate. You can certainly add other sections, but these will get you a good start. This will be your marching orders going forward. It will change as you go, and that's okay. It should be a living document that provides you with a framework for your new business. The second step is get to know the market. You know you want to work with animals. That's the easy part. But what do you want to do with them? Maybe you already have a specific type of pet business in mind, such as grooming or pet sitting, or maybe you haven't narrowed it down yet. It's important to pursue a business that meets your personal needs, but that is also viable in the market. Here's where you need to put your research glasses on. What does the pet care industry look like in general, and what does it look like in your part of the world specifically? According to the 2019-2020 National Pet Owners Survey conducted by the American Pet Products Association, 67% of U.S. households own a pet. That's a whopping 85 million families. 
The pet care market was valued at over $223 billion in 2019 and is expected to witness 5.9 compounded annual growth rate from 2020 to 2026. It's definitely an industry that is growing rapidly, but it's also important to understand what your area looks like specifically. National averages are just that, averages. Your town can be anywhere on a continuum. You want to dig into not just the spending levels in your town, but also the existing businesses that meet those needs. I'd also recommend breaking your research up into businesses that will directly compete with you and those that are indirectly related. For example, a boarding kennel is indirectly related to an in-home pet sitting service because while they both watch dogs, they are very different services. This definitely doesn't have to be complicated. I used a simple Excel spreadsheet. I set it up with the names of local pet businesses in my area down the left side and then across the top I put different categories or different pieces of information such as owner of the business, whether or not they were a direct or an indirect competitor, where they were, what area they serviced, and then a list of different services that they offered. I simply went through each one's website or whatever information I could find on them and put a check mark in the boxes next to whatever services they offered. If you really want to get fancy with this, you can actually put the price of the service they're offering in that box as well. This will allow you to take a look at all of their services and decide whether or not they are a direct or indirect competitor for you. Once I did that, it was very easy for me to sort my Excel spreadsheet based on my direct competitors and see a handy list of everyone in the area that was offering the exact services or close to the exact services that I wanted to offer and what they were charging. This allowed me not only to set my prices later on down the road, but also to get a great idea of what the market was like in my own town. And the third and final step for today, anyway, is fund your business. Depending on the type of business you're starting, this may or not be a concern for you. A dog walking business or in-home pet sitting business requires little to no initial funding. A grooming salon, on the other hand, may require capital for securing a brick-and-mortar location for the business. There are a wealth, no pun intended, of financing options available to small businesses. A good place to start is your local small business association office. They'll have information on various types of loans. While they don't directly loan money to businesses, they can help you find an appropriate lender. They have a great tool that you can check out called Lender Match. You just need to go to your local SBA office online and on it you'll find a link to Lender Match and that will help match you up to a lender that works for you. Other ideas include crowdfunding, borrowing from family, or partnering with someone who can provide the financial backing for your business. Finding funding is one of the most stressful aspects of starting a business, but you can be successful by taking the time to do your homework. Check out several options before you decide what's best for you. So that's the first three steps to starting any pet care related business. I hope this gets you off and running. And remember, every journey starts with a single step and you are up to the task. Take these first three steps and you'll be well on your way to owning your own successful business by the end of 2021. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it if you'd leave me a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. 
You can also find me at thepetbusinesscoach.dog or check out my blog at imnotthekidnextdoor.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, you always have a choice. Don't forget to choose happiness.